Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the producer and host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today on Creating Change, we are highlighting the nonprofit organization and are talking with Jeff Wuchic, who's president of the AHC Foundation, and I will let him explain what AHC stands for, and he will be sharing his story about his son, Matthew. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and I'm glad to be here. I appreciate that you're taking the time to share about the foundation and to bring some insight to the disorder that creates AHC. I hadn't heard of it myself, and I know that in the video I saw you mentioned that it is very rare. But before we talk about that, can you tell our listeners a bit about you, some of your history and background uh, that led up to being at this point in your life, which is having your child and wanting to do something to try and make a difference about the disorder that he has to live with. Sure, sure. Um, I'm a salesman by trade. I have uh, sold software for over 15 years. So I've made a good career and some good money in terms of being able to uh, tell a compelling story and uh, motivate people to move forward on things that they may not have thought of before. Very good at uh, opening doors of that. I've done that for a variety of employers and uh, through my own uh, business. It was not really on my list of things to do to be the president of a nonprofit foundation, but uh, my wife Renee and I were blessed a little over four years ago with our son Matthew. Mm-hmm. He had complications from birth, and it was a pretty long struggle to 18 months uh, struggle actually to get to this diagnosis of this rare a disease alternating chemically to childhood. And from there, back foundation, and, and when the president of the foundation stepped down, it just became clear in, in prayer and consideration that it would make sense for me to step step into that role, mm-hmm. which I did step into that role about uh, a little over a year ago, August of, of 2010. Can you say again what AHC stands for so the listeners can be clear? If Sure. It is Alternating Hemiplegia of Childhood. Okay. And what that means is that Matthew has these bouts of temporary paralysis, and they affect one or more of his limbs, like maybe an arm or a whole side of his body, or maybe even his entire body. Mm-hmm. And they last for minutes, hours, even days at a time, these attacks of paralysis. And you and mentioned also, in the video that I watched about it, uh, it says that it's very rare and there's not really a known cause. Can you speak to that part of the issue? Absolutely. Yes, um, we are, by we, I mean the foundation and, and the researchers around the world are 99.9% sure that it is a complex genetic root cause. We have not identified that root cause, but we're in the process of analyzing uh, data from a full genome sequencing project we were able to um, kick off early this year. And uh, there is no known cause at this time. The disease uh, affects only 700 or so known patients in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, we know of about 300 of them here in the United States. And so if you take that into the world pop- into the U.S. population, that's one in a million. If you mm-hmm. take that out to the world population, we should know of 7,000, statistically speaking. Yet we only know 700. So that means there's a, a uh, well, probably about 90% or so of the people likely who have this disorder are undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem just because of awareness of the uh, disease itself and the, the symptoms can look like cerebral palsy, they can look like epilepsy. In fact, 
about half of the AHC sufferers do actually have epilepsy as well. Mm-hmm. My son Matthew happens to be one of those. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a challenge to mm-hmm. um, get the word out there and, and get the awareness and then also get the medical data that we need to get to those causes and treatments and ultimately a cure because of the rarity of the disorder. Mm-hmm. And then consequently the lack of uh, attention to it and the lack of funding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which all goes hand in hand. And what is what are some of the treatments available? I, I know that there are not many, and as you said, this complicates it when there are other issues going on, such as epilepsy. Are there any treatments so far that have helped your son or that you know that have helped others? There is one drug that has proven effective in lessening the duration of these paralysis attacks. See, it's not only the paralysis that happens. There's also an associated cognitive development impairment. So uh, people with AHC, it's extremely difficult for them to learn. It's extremely difficult for them to even move. You know, their grades didn't find motor skill developments are significantly delayed. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is at least a, a drug that helps about 75% of patients for AHC that lessens the duration of these attacks. It's a drug called Sibelium or Fluinerazine. It's a calcium channel blocker. And where it fortunately helps my son Matthew, where he used to have these attacks last for days on end, and they happen maybe every other week or so. Now they happen more frequently. He'll get a few episodes of paralysis in a week, but they'll be maybe 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot less in duration. And you know, we hope from that, and then he's able to learn more and develop more. Because this is a permanent disorder. He will not outgrow this. This will affect him for the rest of his life unless mm-hmm. we can get to the cause and then treat it and cure it. Mm-hmm. I understand. What was it like to go back a little bit to deal with the fact that your son had some issues early on that you weren't sure what was happening. Can you talk to the listeners about that? Because I find that the voice of families and parents who have children with disabilities, whether they're physical or emotional, isn't often heard. And I know that there's a lot of people that need to hear that someone else understands what we've been through. Right. Well, uh, I've said it before, to, to me, it, it, it's like losing your child on a daily basis because there's, you know, of course, when, you, when you're awaiting the, the birth of your child, you have all these hopes and expectations and dreams for your, your child. And then to not know, first off, not know if any of those are going to come true. And then to get a diagnosis and say, well, according to this diagnosis, those realms of possibility aren't going to happen for your mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. It's it's devastating. It is almost like your child has died, mm-hmm. of a, even though they're still living. And so the challenge and the, the thing that I try to help uh, other parents with uh, children with AHC get to is that there are a lot of great things you can still celebrate about your child. I mean, my son Matthew, there are so many things that uh, he brings joy to me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But you got to look for him. Right. I mean, it's so many things that people with normal, you know, typically developing children, AHCs or normal, typically developing children, take for granted. Like when Matthew can say his name, mm-hmm. that's a big victory. Mm-hmm. You know, when Matthew can can remember a song, that's a big victory. You know, these are things that we take for granted mm-hmm. in typically developing children. And I think that's one of the best things that my son has taught me is how to slow down and recognize those things. 
Right, right. And, you know, if Matthew had been typically developing, I might have probably taken those things for granted and missed out a lot. Mm-hmm. It forced me to pay a lot of more attention to him, you know, because, you know, career and things like that, I can get uh, tied up in that. But I don't as much because, you know, Matthew has these special needs and I focus in on them. And as a result, though, I do get to see a lot of these things and experience a lot of joy that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. So. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of it's sense. Been... I think that that's important to remind people that despite the challenges, there's still good things to look for and to celebrate and to remember are just as important. And that is a really good point that you've made. What have you done in, I'm assuming your wife too, as far as dealing with some of the anger, the fear, the frustration? How do you handle that? Because I know that's a huge part of a hindrance, if you will, in other people's lives when they have to deal with a situation such as this. Well, it's been good to um, reach out with other parents to get their perspective and to talk things out. It's also helped us in our marriage to, to be more open in communication. I mean, we're, we we express those things. We, we make sure we take that time mm-hmm. to express those things because we know if we bottle them up and just keep pushing on, it's going to create problems down the road. Right, exactly. And we know to be there and to be strong for our son, we need to find outlets for those. And we do. You know, we're, we're active within our church. We uh, you know, engage with other families, not only within uh, the AHC community, but other special needs families, so we're plugged into that as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, we look for that. We uh, make sure that we make time for the two of us so we do uh, find people who can provide, you know, respite care, if you will, and uh, allow us the opportunity, not, not as often as we'd like, but mm-hmm. certainly we do take that opportunity to to have time for just the two of us and to make sure that we nurture that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you know, problems can happen, and, and we know that. And I think that's made our, our marriage stronger, and I think that's helped or other uh, families that have dealt with a child with AHC mm-hmm. to become you know stronger in, in their marriages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense, too. I think that with any challenge in our lives, we also have to, again, remember that there has to be balance. There has to be you know a focus and emphasis on other things, too, not just the challenge at hand and not just negativity, but blending in the positivity, as you've mentioned earlier. Indeed. What was it that you've learned most about yourself and about your ability to endure in this situation through your journey so far? I've learned a number of different things. Uh, certainly, uh, I've learned some of the challenges of running a nonprofit foundation uh, as assuming the role uh, of the president uh, of the foundation. I've learned that a lot of the skills of, uh, that have served me well within my career have translated well into uh, running a nonprofit mm-hmm. and hopefully running it successfully. We've had some good successes. We won a quarter of a million dollars from uh, the Pepsi Refresh Project back in November of last year. And that awesome. funded this whole genome sequencing project. And we're getting ready to do some other um, major campaigns to build our, our own uh, name recognition and yeah, as a result, uh, you know, it's been that bouncing act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I looked at them today, and some people go, "Well, how are you fitting all this stuff in?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I attribute it to, to God and 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 very effective time management skills. Something mm-hmm. that 
you know, I've learned by necessity, but it's amazing if I look back at my life before this, and it's like, what did I fill my time with? Right. And, and also, that's been a good way of helping me now, too, when things are coming at me. It's like, well, I have a new barometer to judge it by. It's like, well, how important is this? in the grand scheme of things, and will this help to uh, accomplish some of the things I want to in, in, in life, you know, for my son and for my family, mm-hmm. and for others that are affected with this disease. It's given a new perspective, and so that is another thing that I've learned in there through being a parent and running this foundation, is new perspective mm-hmm. and patience. Mm-hmm. I imagine, I can imagine a great deal of patience is required and necessary in, in dealing with the whole thing, and in, especially in dealing with the nonprofit organization. Can you tell us a little bit about AHC Foundation, when it was started, and how that all came about, and what exactly you do besides try to find uh, funding for research and do research to find answers? Foundation in its current um, setup was uh, created in the early part of um, the 2000s, made out of two different organizations, one founded in 93, one in 95, by two different parents of um, child with this disorder, and they merged together, I believe it was 2003, and the organization is as it, as it is today. It's made up almost entirely, the, the board of directors is of, of parents of children or young adults with this disorder. And our primary mission is still to get to that root cause and to facilitate research into treating and then ultimately curing the disorder. But we also exist to uh, help support awareness in the medical and general public community about the disorder to, again, identify those undiagnosed cases that are likely out there. Mm-hmm. And then to then to bring the, the the funding to get closer to those other uh, objectives, and then uh, in tandem with that, we also want to be a resource for the families to mm-hmm. help them cope with um, how to deal with a, a child with this disorder, to provide that that comfort and support when they are frustrated or don't have answers, to help them have as many answers as as they can to. Mm-hmm. Um, also facilitate with the, their doctors and, and broker conversations with the researchers. And to coordinate with the, your researchers around the world, we do have sister organizations in Europe primarily that um, also pursue research. And so we look to collaborate with them. So those are some of our primary objectives, if you will. Mm-hmm. It all sounds like it covers a lot of area, and I like that there is that support option for parents are there support groups and are there uh, other services or options for people that can go online to find support and other parents that are going through this? Absolutely. I mean, through our, our website, uh, which is uh, ahckids.org, we do have a, a wealth of information there. and We have a um, uh, an online forum through Yahoo Groups, which we're uh, eventually moving under the umbrella of our website. We reformatted and, and relaunched our, our website earlier this year to, to give it a more modern feel, more interactive uh, feel, uh, if you will. And that has been met with a lot of uh, lot of positive feedback, if you want. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love the website. I went there myself. It was very helpful to educate myself about this situation and what's happening and, and all that you're doing. What would you say is um, one of the most typical needs of the families that are dealing with AHC? Well, um, there's several challenges um, to someone with AHC. First off is getting education about the, the disorder, which is one of the key things we want to be there as, as a resource for and, and have been there as a resource. 
Uh, second is a lot of times it's difficult to get the medication, particularly here in the U.S., because flunarazine is not FDA approved. It's not manufactured here in the U.S., so there's a lot of red tape that uh, one has to go through to uh, even obtain the medication. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it's not paid for by insurance, typically, so then there's the added expense there. Mm-hmm. There's uh, finding caregivers. There's the, the typical things for, for special need parents uh, having to go to the, the school systems and, and write education plans with the teachers and the administrators. There's educating the, their doctors. There's neurologists. There's those different sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's even, a, you know, there's developmental and behavioral, as I said, uh, issues with that. So a lot of times it's trying to find therapists for those. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is at least assist parents and families to find the resources because there's so many facets of care needed. Exactly. Or at least to point them in the right direction. We have not quite grown the foundation to where we have comprehensive lists, but we can at least help them in, in the general direction. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times broker conversations with other parents to help. That was one of the things that we did here recently. We had our first family meeting in three years, just a couple months ago, and that was very well received. Great. We've already planned the the next one. Um, it was the the one this year was held here in in Raleigh, where where I live. Mm-hmm. The next year we're we're taking it to the other uh, side of the country to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Great, and, and all that will be that information will be on your website, I assume. Absolutely will be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that idea of having coast-to-coast or various locations as far as meetings because, as you said, if that's this being a rare disorder, I'm sure there's people scattered throughout the U.S. and, and other countries, obviously, that need to have resources and feel like there's some sort of support and connection out there for them to receive. What happens typically in the life of a child that goes through AHC? Can you give us a scenario of what that looks like, assuming they get some sort of treatment or, or some sort of you know medication, as you mentioned? Well, you know, these uh, attacks of paralysis, they can uh, ebb and flow in their frequency. Uh, some do develop seizures and true epileptic seizures in their life. Most adults with this disorder, uh, unfortunately, do need at least some sort of care. They can sometimes live some semi-independent lives, like go to a a, a medium job or some of that nature, but most of them do require some sort of full-time care. Mm And you know that's that's one of the things that's that's, that's kind of tragic about the disorder. And, but we're you know, on the heels of um, making a, a difference for that. You know, we've started investigating uh, cognitive learning you know, techniques. That's one of the things that we want to try to do at least next year. And that's one of the things we're going to try to through the campaign that we're launching in the fall raise money to do is to research ways that we can help enhance the quality of life for sufferers of AHC. Mm-hmm. Why we look for it. Because the more that they're able to, to learn and, and the more we can uh, investigate ways to help them be mobile, the more independent they can be. That's right. That was my next question. Are most people with AHC mobile at some point or do they usually end up using a walker or a wheelchair? 
It depends. Some, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's a pretty wide range of uh, severity. For example, at the family meeting we uh, met, there were a few adults that you would not even be able to really recognize if they have any kind of disorder. Some have been more, you know, uh, issues with being able to speak and form complex sentences. And then others were confined to a wheelchair. Some could walk independently somewhat, but then would have uh, an episode of paralysis and would need to um, sit down for a while or then use a wheelchair Mm -hmm. or walker. Mm -hmm. So I would assume that makes it even more complicated is the varying types of disability that's happening within people. It seems like there's no set way to discern how that it will be or how much the disease will affect them and in what ways. That's correct. And what about the brain functioning? Does the disorder affect brain functioning and how the brain operates? There's no evidence that the brain is abnormal per se. It's just, it seems to be that for whatever reason, uh, parts of the brain shut down temporarily and that is part of the triggering of paralysis and the theory is in, is in that process information is lost mm-hmm. and that contributes to the uh, learning disabilities and the uh, motor skill disabilities that are hallmarks for this disorder. Mm-hmm. No. But again, that's just a theory. We don't have enough evidence necessarily to support that. We're hoping that the analysis from the Genome Project will help point us in that right direction. Right, that makes sense. Have there been any therapies or anything other than the medication that you've used with your son, Matthew, that has helped? We've had a lot of intense physical and developmental therapy um, that we think has had some positive results. He's in a um, special needs pre-K program at our elementary school in our house and he has three awesome teachers that are very dedicated to him and it's a small classroom setting so they can really uh, focus on on all of the all the kids but i think he's benefited greatly from that that interaction we've also during the summers had him in a typically developing scenario so he's learned a lot from seeing what typically developing children do Mm -hmm. i think sometimes you know the, the temptation is to isolate a, a child uh, with, with special needs, and that's not necessarily wrong or anything, but for us, we felt that having Matthew included as much as possible will maximize his uh, potential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes and sense. I think that we've seen positive results as the case from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it sounds like you definitely have a foundation of faith and prayer and those sorts of things in life that help to get you through situations like this and believe that there's hope for a better future. Yes, indeed. I am uh, definitely a man of faith. In fact, you know, don't be my, my favorite Bible passage applies to Matthew. I think it applies to Matthew here is uh, John chapter 9. Passage with the disciples and the blind man, and the disciples ask Jesus if uh, this man is blind because he sinned or because his parents sinned, believing that if you were afflicted with something, that you must have done something wrong and mm-hmm. you're being punished. And Jesus answers, no, this man is afflicted that the glory of God might shine through him. Mm. And I found that to already be the case with Matthew. You know, mm-hmm. The glory of God has shone, uh, shown through him, has shown through all of our AC kids, because they are very remarkable people. Mm. I love uh, that. And, uh, yeah, I've gotten that feedback from the volunteers that helped us at the, the family meeting, the volunteers that came and helped with the, the walk we put on here in Raleigh recently. 
anyone that interacts with our with our kids and, and young adults really uh, remarks how engaging they are and how they just seem to be full of life despite their disabilities. That's wonderful. I'd love to hear that. Thank you for sharing. And I know that that brought me to a good point for us to close on. In addition to wanting to educate others about this disorder, we want to bring light to the fact that volunteers are often needed for your events and funding is desperately needed to help do the research that you've been doing. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. In fact, in November, we'll be kicking off a um Big little campaign, if you will, that, that's designed to reach a lot of people and asking them to do just small things that can make a big difference. So we'll ask people to keep a watch for that coming up in in November. They can uh, go to our website, which again is uh, www.ahckids.org, and sign up for our newsletter. And we'll be sending out uh, emails uh, about that and kicking that off November 1st. We're Thinking November 1st, because that is the uh, one-year anniversary of the um, run we did to, to win the, the quarter million dollars to Pepsi. Awesome. We'll be watching for that. That sounds great. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing some of your story about your situation and about your wonderful son, Matthew, and for bringing to light more information about the AHC Foundation. I wish you the best in your endeavors, and we hope that any listeners who are experiencing this disorder or even want to just help in some way will contact you through the website. Yes, and thank you very much for the opportunity to, to be on today. I'm very honored. You're welcome.